how to find observerships and US clinical experience in the US for free. If you're an international medical graduate, tired of seeking observership opportunities, you've searched so much but you couldn't find any, and you want a full guide to guide you through this process, go ahead and bring some popcorn and let's watch this video. Hello friends, if you're new here, my name is Malki Assad, an international medical graduate from Syria who matched into plastic surgery residency in the US. At the beginning of my US residency journey, I found it extremely challenging to find US clinical experience and now it's even worse with COVID and so many hospitals not allowing international medical graduates to observe in their institutions. That's why I wanted to make this detailed video to summarize to you what you need to know about observerships, how you can find these opportunities for free, and if you want to seek a company to look for observerships, what are the factors that you should pay attention to before you sign up? And now let's get started. Observerships are a great way for international medical graduates to get exposed to the US healthcare system and get letters of recommendations from US physicians. So let's talk a little bit about what does the observership include. Observerships generally, you're observing a physician. So you're not doing much. You're not taking history, you can't do physical exam, you can't write notes, you don't have access to the medical records. So generally you're just observing. There are exceptions of that which we'll talk about uh, at the end of this video, but generally observerships, if it's really an observership, you're not allowed to have direct patient contact. So that's why whenever you're searching, just make sure that this is the case or not. So generally it's observing, but it allows you to see how the healthcare system in the US works. You can still comment, you can still ask questions, uh, you can still show your knowledge by uh, suggesting uh, something about a disease or the physician who's doing the observership with you might still ask you question, questions even if you don't have access to the medical records, even if you're not doing the physical exam. What are the requirements for getting an observership? In order to qualify for getting an observership, you're usually at the end of your medical school or a graduate. However, most students who do the observerships are generally graduates because if they are students, they usually go for the electives. So you're usually a medical graduate. You don't have to have completed step one or step two CK, but some people have them already. So it's not a requirement, but some institutions might ask for them because you'll see there is no one single criteria for observerships throughout the US but most institutions require you either to be in the last year of your medical school or medical graduate and step one and step two CK are generally not a requirement for getting the observership. Most institutions will ask you for health insurance during your stay. So when you come to the US during this month of observership, they require you to have health insurance. So in case something happens to you or you get sick, at least you have uh, health insurance to cover that they require immunization forms. We're gonna talk about how to find these observerships for free, but some institutions might still charge you an application fee or the observership fee, which is generally not a lot. Now let's talk about how to find these observerships or US clinical experiences in the US. There are three main ways to find these observerships. The first two are free, and the last one might cost you a lot of money. The first way is to contact physicians directly. So you email physician that you wanna do an observership with, and you ask them whether you're allowed to come and do an observership with them, observe care in their clinic or their operating room. However, there is a main disadvantage of emailing physicians directly, which is the low yield of this process. This means that out of 100 or 200 physicians, you might get a response or two, or you might not get any response. Why? Because physicians are not motivated to have you rotate with them. What value would you bring them by just showing up to their clinic or their operating room and see what see what they do. So unless you bring specific value or you know someone 
uh, by connections, it's very hard to find these observerships by emails. But my advice to you through this video is to increase the yield of your emails. What do I mean by that? So instead of emailing 300 physicians and not getting any response or getting one response, why don't you target physicians that you think are more likely to respond to you? So let me ask you a question. If you are emailing different physicians, who do you think would, is more likely to respond to you? Someone from your country or someone from your medical school or some random person that you have never met? Who is more likely to respond to you? Someone who is uh, who works with a resident who is from your country or who works with, a, uh, with a, another physician who is a friend of a friend or some, someone you have no connections to? Definitely the someone who you know, someone who you have connections to, someone from your country. And I'm sure in the US, there are so many physicians from your country, no matter where you come from, but you have to find them. That's why what, where I get the immediate response from IMGs, it will take a lot of work. Yes, it will take a lot of work. I know it's everything in the US journey for IMGs is a lot of work. It's not easy, but you have to do your part. If you want to save yourself thousands of dollars, you have to do your part and search maybe for physicians who are from your home country, physicians who have something in common with you. If you do a specific type of sport and they do it, that might spike their interest and response to you. If you do certain type of research, they also and they also do that, that might spike the interest and they respond to you. If you work with a mentor in your country who knows them or your father's friend or your friend of a friend with that physician, they might respond to you. So find these common grounds with that person that you're emailing and you will see the yield of your responses, the yield of your emails, which means the responses to your emails will skyrocket compared to the first way in which you just email random physicians. And as I said, this way definitely works. I've tried it myself. I've seen people who've tried it and they were able to secure observerships in different institutions for free. Another caveat of this process is that the physician who you're emailing might be interested in having you observe them in the clinic or in the OR. However, they might not be familiar with the process in the institution. So let's say they're working at Johns Hopkins or Harvard and they don't know what the process in the institution is. So make it easier for them. You contact the GME office or the office of observership in that institution, know the rules and get back to that physician that it's allowed, international medical graduates are allowed to observe in this institution. They might think that still under COVID, you're not allowed to observe because of COVID. Maybe the rules change and they're not aware. So email, ask, ask friends, post in groups. Uh, have anyone done observership recently in this institution? As the institution itself, I heard that uh, you've lifted the ban on COVID or not. So just reach out, be proactive and make the uh, process easier for the physician that you'll be working with. So they would be more motivated to have you work under them. And the final tip about this specific process when you're looking for an observership, the physician that you're emailing might say, we don't sponsor visa. However, the institution might be sponsoring visa. So the same way I said about uh, I'm not sure how it's done or uh, the institution is not accepting IMGs now, reach out to the GME office, to the observership office and see if they sponsor the visa that is required for observership. So the physician might not be familiar with the details of these things, visa, whether they're accepting or not, what is the paperwork. So you yourself be proactive and show the physician that you've done your work. This is the requirement from the institution itself. And if the institution tells you that we do not sponsor visa for observerships or international medical graduates and you need visa to come to the US, in that case, you have to search for another institution. The second way to find observerships for free is to look on the institution's website. 
So the first way I said you look for the physicians and then you email them directly. The other way is to look for the observership opportunities on the institution's website. So recently I've seen from the Cleveland Clinic website that they released their international observership program. So on their website, they have requirements, they have the application process, you submit it online. So they have a formal process. Not all institutions have that, but a lot of institutions actually do, but the links are hidden somewhere. So what you can do is look for the different institutions that you're interested in doing an observership with and type international observership program or observership program and type the name of the institution and Google will help you identify these links. To optimize your chances of getting the observership through this route, make sure to have a very well-written CV and a personal statement because most applications ask you for a personal statement, a CV. When you're emailing physicians, you have to have a very well-written email, a very well-done CV that you attach to the email and we can help you with that. If you need help editing your CV, your personal statement, your email, make sure to check the services we provide for residency applicants and for observership applicants and I'll leave the links for that in the description below. And of course, you can check the amazing experiences of prior students who we edited personal statements for, CVs, supplemental ERAS, emails on our review page on Trustpilot. Now let's talk about the final way to find observerships in the US, which is probably not the most favorite for international medical graduates, which are companies. And companies are a little bit outside the topic of this video because I was saying find observerships for free and these co companies charge you thousands of dollars for observerships. But I thought it would be helpful to you to learn about some criteria when looking for these companies if you are not successful with the first or the second route or you were in a rush and you don't have time to do uh, emailing physicians or looking at the institution's website. So the first and the most important thing when you're looking for an observership through companies is to see where these rotations are. And when you look at the rotations, see whether this is a residency program or not. So let's say the observership is done at the University of Johns Hopkins. So you go and look, wow, Johns Hopkins is an amazing residency program for internal medicine and the company is offering you a rotation at Johns Hopkins. That is amazing and you, you're happy, you apply for this uh, company and you go and do the observership and you discover that it's not actually at Johns Hopkins. It's with a physician who is affiliated with Johns Hopkins. Let's take a step back and explain this because this is very important when you're looking for observership through companies and it might be deceiving for so many students. In most prestigious institutions in the US, there is a residency program. So let's talk about Johns Hopkins. They have an internal medicine residency program and a lot of other residencies. However, there might be physicians who are working with these institutions, but they are not part of the residency program. They are private attendings who come to the hospital, do some work, or they admit their patients to the hospital if needed, or they do surgeries in the hospital, but they are totally separate from the residency program. So the residents don't cover their surgical cases, they don't go around on them, they are totally separate from the residency program. So this physician, although they go and work in this hospital as a private attending, as a private surgeon, they do their own thing inside the hospital, they are totally separate from the residency program. And remember, why are you applying? Why are you doing this observership in the first place? So you can get connections, you can get connections from a residency program and match because you want to match in the residency program, right? This is what I assume your goal of this whole US clinical experience is. Be careful when you're, they tell you University of Johns Hopkins or Harvard, whether you're actually going to be working with the residents or the attendings who are part of the residency program or just a private attending who has some privileges in the hospital but is not part of the residency program because the power of the letter of recommendation that you will get from someone inside the residency program is 
way more important than someone who is not part of a residency program. So be very, very careful when you look at these observerships and you assess the different companies. And you'll see that so many companies will not give you the names or not give you the details. And that is not a good sign. If someone is not sharing the details with you and not being transparent with you, maybe you should go and find another company. So make sure to ask about where is the rotation, whether it will be part of the residency program or an attending who is private and works in that institution but is totally separate from the residency program. The second thing that you should ask about is whether this rotation will be inpatient versus outpatient. Inpatient means you're inside the hospital, you're rounding in the morning, you're seeing the patients, uh, uh, the physician comes afterwards and you do a round with the physician, you discuss the plan, you admit patients, you do history, physical exam, way more involved than an outpatient which is done in a clinic. In a clinic, the patient comes in, you assist them quickly, you give them a plan and they go home. So it's totally different care than the inpatient one. And in residency, it's way more helpful to get the experience of inpatient as an international medical graduate than outpatient. And again, I'm saying as an international medical graduate, it's way more helpful to you and your CV if you get inpatient experience that compared to outpatient. So that is another thing you should ask about inpatient versus outpatient. The third factor that you should look at is the hands-on experience. One of the limitations of observerships is that you don't have hands-on clinical experience. So you're just observing care. That's where the name come, came from. Observe, observership. So most observerships, most real observerships don't have hands-on clinical experience. However, it would be an amazing advantage if you can still do hands-on experience with the observership. And that is where the new name came for externship. But sometimes you still have the name observerships with hands-on experience. What does hands-on experience mean? It means you can uh, examine patients, you can take history, you can write notes, you have access to the medical records. So you can ask about these four details whenever you're looking for different companies. So ask them, will I be able to access the medical records? Will I be able to write notes? Will I be able to take history, do physical exam? And these are great skills that you can add on your CV when applying to residency. But be careful because most institutions, when they give you the observership, they give you a list of things you can do and you cannot do. So make sure to read these things and ask these companies whether you'd be able to, to have the hands-on experience versus not. I know that a lot of IMGs focus on the hands-on experience more than whether the, the observership would be done in the residency program or inpatient. In my opinion, which might differ from yours, I think doing observerships in a residency program with inpatient experience, working with residents, with the residency program director fellowship, director with people who are going to be involved in the selection process is more important than the hands-on experience because these people are well known within the field if they are impressed with your knowledge they might choose you compared to a private attending who gives you the ability to do physical uh, take history but has no power in residency selection so in my opinion the hands-on experience is important and it would be amazing if you get hands-on experience and in the place that have a residency program but if you have to choose one you might consider doing the one with the residency program because this might increase your chance of matching in that specific program number four is whether you'd be able to get a letter of recommendation from this experience some institutions might not allow you to get an lor after the observership because you didn't do much you're just observing care some physicians might write you a letter of recommendation even if you were not doing physical exam and history because they assess your knowledge they assess your hard work, showing up early, leaving late, uh, being involved, being nice. These are very important characteristics of residents. So 
you might still be able to get an LOR even if you don't have hands-on experience, but just inquire about this, whether you'll be able to get an LOR from this experience. And finally, cost, which is an important factor in anything in life. So look at the cost of these different experiences and see which one makes best sense to you. Uh, if they have more of the good things, such as being in a residency program, uh, being with someone known within the field, you having hands-on experience, getting an LOR, even if it was more expensive, you might consider doing that. Uh, but if you find very similar rotations in similar institutions, but one is way more expensive than the other, it makes sense to pick the cheaper one. And also pay attention here to the cost of living in the city, because when you're doing the observership, you have to live in the city. So if you have two rotations in similar institutions, but one is in New York and one is Wisconsin, the cost of living for one month in New York is going to be way higher than the one in Wisconsin. So include the location of the observerships in your cost calculation. So in summary, observerships are a great way to improve your CV and have access to the US healthcare system if you graduated from school already and you're not eligible for electives. However, they have downsides such as lack of hands-on clinical experience in most situations being difficult to find. But if you wanna look for observerships, the three main ways are emailing physicians directly, looking at the institution's websites and trying to find whether they, their application for observerships are open. And third are private companies, which you pay money in exchange for the rotation. If you decided to pursue an observership or US clinical experience with a private company, make sure to ask them whether this rotation will be inpatient versus outpatient, whether it will be with a residency program, whether you'll get an LOR, whether you'll have hands-on experience, including access to the medical records, and the price of this rotation. And if you need help with your cover letter, with your email, personal statement, or CV, go ahead and check our website for the different services we provide for those who are looking for rotations inside the US and for residency applicants. If you find any value in this video, go ahead and hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the bell sign so you get notified whenever I post future videos on my YouTube channel. If you have any questions about this video or other videos, leave them in the comments below or feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter at Malki Asad, my Facebook page Malki Asad MD or our email info at thematchguy.com. Thank you everyone so much for watching and see you in future videos.